Welcome to Bears Over Beers. I'm Jeff Burkett, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by a special guest today, Eric Smith, editor-in-chief at the QB List. Eric, thanks for coming on. Of course, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's uh, a big week for us, so I'm running on low sleep. I'll try to make as much sense as possible, and I'm just going to need you to guide me through this. But I, I think <laughs> beer, beer always will. helps. And you had put out a call on Twitter, an open invitation to have your guest on pods, and I said, well, i got to take this opportunity to have the boss of QB List come on to Bears Over Beers and have a beer with me. And so that's what's going on tonight. We are going to focus on all things fantasy football. EJ Snyder is going to take the night off because he's not much of a fantasy football player, and he's going to just uh, take a breather before we get going full-time into the season. So uh, EJ will be back next week. But Eric and I are going to talk fantasy stuff. And the first thing we do on all of our episodes is we bring on a beer and we talk about it. And so I'm going to start so that you can follow my lead. And you are an Ohio native, correct? Indeed. 30-odd years. What part of Ohio are you from? Well, I, I, I was born and grew up in Wilmington, Ohio. I lived in Cincinnati um, for quite a while before I left. Uh, went to college, Ohio University, so Athens. But uh, I identify with Cincinnati the most. Okay, so I have a, an Ohio beer, but it's not... Cincinnati or Athens. It is the other college town that's in Ohio that I can think of that's got a Big Ten team. I can't really remember the name, um, but it's from Canal Winchester, Ohio, which is outside of Columbus. Okay. Um, it is a brewery called Brew Dog. Okay. And I brought on Jet Black Heart. So, in honor of you, the Ohioan, making uh, an appearance here, I brought on this beer. It is a Oatmeal milk stout with vanilla. Mm. So, have you heard of this brewery? I have heard of it. I don't know that I've had it, but I've, I've definitely heard of it. And uh, okay. Ohio has a ton of good breweries. Uh, very underrated, I would say. All right. Well, that's that's what I brought on. What about you? All right. So, yeah, I'm currently in Asheville, North Carolina, just outside of it. Um, this is a local beer, although it is not in Asheville. Um, it is a brewery called Boojum, and uh, they have a hop-fiend beer. Um, I'm not a, you know... 100% all IPA person, but I definitely enjoy them. And this is one of my favorites. Um, they are in Waynesville, North Carolina, just outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Um, it's an excellent beer. It's got uh, pictures of some hops on it, uh, rabid-looking uh, bunny on the on the label. So uh, it's one of my favorites. It's a really good one. And um, I had to replace the, uh, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ales I had in the fridge because uh, that wasn't exciting enough. <laughs> it's very true. We've had Sierra Nevada on here before, so um, <laughs> I have not had an Asheville beer on. So sounds exciting. Uh, uh, I will never drink what you're drinking, though, because I am not an IPA guy. So let you can have them. So let's open them up and get going. Oh, man. I have no idea. I, I mentioned this on the last beer that I brought on the last uh, pod. I have no idea how long this has been in my fridge. Um <laughs> What's the alcohol percent? That's the important. Four point seven. Okay. Uh, it's it's uh, but it's it's a, so it's a milk stout. But I think it's I think it's been in there for about a year, and so mm-hmm. it might not be good anymore. But if I if I can't finish the episode, that's why. <laughs> we'll call call for help. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, first of all, I just want to talk a little bit about. The QB list site, in case people are not familiar with it, and of course, some people that follow me on Twitter or have seen some of my stuff know that I wrote a betting column with you on QB list last year, 
And I think that we're planning on doing something similar in the upcoming year. But really, you guys aren't a betting site as much as you are a crazy fanatical fantasy site. And so I wanted you to just start off by talking about the site, how it got started, and then the big release that happened this week. Sure. So yeah, um, QBList.com. Um, I am going into my second year uh, as the editor-in-chief. I was the head of QBList. We did a, a title change. So, uh, But no, I, um, our sister site is PitcherList. Um, if any of your, uh, your listeners are baseball fans out there, Nick Pollock runs that. Um, it was a, it's a huge uh, fantasy baseball website right now. He got really well known for doing gifts um, on Twitter, uh, pitcher gifts, breaking down you know sliders, change ups, all that stuff. So um, he spun off a QB list site. Uh, I wrote for him for about a year and then took it over last year. So um, yeah, we really focus on fantasy football specifically. Uh, we try to kind of cut to the chase for the most part. Um, you know, we know everyone's busy. You might have a short amount of time to read something. So uh, we try to be pretty concise with our articles. Um, we are all over Reddit. Uh, if you're ever on the R Fantasy Football subreddit, uh, we do our weekly What We Saw and Sit Start articles, which is just basically recapping all the games, cutting through the real football stuff, and just letting you know about the fantasy stuff. So um, we're on there every week on Reddit, just answering pretty much every question. That's kind of our big thing, I think, is just uh, we've got a small army of writers. Um, we try to just answer everything. So if you message us on Twitter, on Reddit, wherever you find us, we're going to answer your questions. So uh, we try to be helpful that way. But yeah, we just do um, kind of following pitcher list lead again. We do kind of a yearly relaunch, and uh, this was QB list 5.0 for us. It was a really big one. We got a, a beautiful website redesign. I mean, it's just um, outrageous how how cool it looks. Uh, we have awesome graphics people making graphics for us, and it really shows those off. So. Um, it's just a new site, and we put a lot of time into a fantasy draft guide. Uh, it's a free PDF you can download. It's got team previews for every team, uh, fantasy player projections, um, best and worst case scenario for both uh, for every player, which I think is helpful. And um, it's got a fantasy 101 at the end. So if you're kind of new to fantasy, I mean, there's literally a what is fantasy football article. So uh, you can catch up with that. Uh, but yeah, it's just been a big release where we, uh, you know, released all of our rankings, released the draft guide, updated the site, and just kind of a reason to get excited because it looks like we're going to have a football season, uh, fingers crossed. And I wasn't sure that we were going to get here. So it makes the worth, uh, all the work really worth it. Yeah, it certainly does look like we're going to have one because we've had such good luck in the testing uh, for, for COVID-19 so far. And hopefully that continues and players are able to isolate themselves and uh, make sure that we have a, have, a, have a football season that we can all enjoy. Of course, uh, I think the, the, the nation could use some distraction. Uh, this 2020 has been quite the year. So very excited to see that football looks like it's going to return at least on our TVs, if not, you know, going into stadiums. But you yeah. mentioned the Fantasy 101 guide, and I kind of wanted to ask you about that a little bit more because I think that a lot of our listeners probably play. Maybe they play in a home league, um, or maybe they they don't play much anymore because they kind of lost interest. But I'm I'm curious if you have any general tips that can help players be you know at least like competent like show up to the draft and kind of know what they're doing you know um, not take the, a kicker in the eighth round kind <laughs> of tips right like what are your kind of basic guidelines if you're talking to somebody who's just starting off in the fantasy realm yeah so i mean i would understand first that um, fantasy football it's a game it's not perfect 
And so you're not always you're not always going for the best players. I mean, talent certainly matters, but um, you, you need to know the scoring and what you're looking for. If it's a full PPR scoring you, and you get a point for every reception, uh, you, you might not care as much if it's just kind of five yard dump offs as compared to you know a deep threat down the field at a receiver. So um, know your settings and kind of take advantage of the game um, because that's all it is. It's a game and there are loopholes, and so you want to look for that. But um, my biggest strategy I would stress to everyone, and it's scary for people when they first start out, but don't draft a quarterback, don't draft a tight end for a long time in your drafts uh, because you only have to play one quarterback, you only have to play one tight end. And so that means that um, in a typical 12-team league, uh, most people are only going to roster one or two at those positions. Um, you do the math, there's still starting available players out there at quarterback and tight end just sitting on waivers. So um, what you want to do is pretty much just draft as many running backs and receivers over the first, you know, seven, eight, nine rounds as far as you can go because you're going to have to start two running backs, three receivers in most leagues. You may have a flex spot where you can play either one of them. So with the way injuries are, running back and really even receiver, uh, you may start you know six, seven different players at running back and receiver over the course of a year. So you just want to take as many shots as possible. And that way, if you are new at this and you mess up a couple picks, you've got backups to fill in. Um, I, I, I promise if you wait late on quarterback, you can get – I mean, there are good players available late in drafts that you can get. They may not be super flashy, but, um, you know, someone like Ben Roethlisberger, he, I think he led the league in passing attempts before his injury last year. Um, and if he doesn't come back from his injury, you just, you know, pick up someone else on waivers like Teddy Bridgewater or something. They're quality players that you can get for free. So um, that would be my first one is just draft as many running backs and receivers as you can early on and then fill in behind that. Um, and like you said, uh, draft your kicker and defense in the last two rounds. Uh, it's just it just works out that way. You can stream defense. Um, it's I know you probably want to draft the Bears defense, you know, or uh, the Patriots or whoever else is good every year. But um, you know, if it's a home league, have fun with it. That's fine. But don't draft them uh, middle of the draft because it's just all the position, all the the defenses score kind of similar from year to year. It's rare that you have that Patriots from last year breakout or bears from a couple years ago break out where they're just true difference makers so that is my fantasy 101 spiel i would say yeah one of the things that i like to do is i like to take two quarterbacks kind of in those middle you know 10 around 10 11 something like that or if you're in an auction league you know kind of wait till the the high dollar guys are off and take two guys that are kind of middle of the road value that you like and i usually try to pair up a couple of guys that um you know have the potential to hit that might be underrated or they might bust you like and you got to accept that i mean mitchell trubisky was one of those guys last year when i thought well he had the potential to really kind of take that next step the year before that i took patrick mahomes in a couple drafts because you know you kind of didn't know exactly what he was going to be but you know he had this potential in the andy reed system obviously that one paid off Mm -hmm. uh lamar jackson was was one of those guys last year where you kind of felt like maybe he could he could do something i feel like kyler murray is a little maybe i don't want i want to say he's overrated but i think he's definitely uh rated fairly highly right now so i'm not sure i'm going to get any bargains on kyler murray this year but that's certainly a guy that um you know you're thinking like hey second year in the system maybe he takes a big leap i i actually kind of want to talk to you about kyler murray and drew Locke, two guys that i think or second year in the system, they have a lot of interesting weapons, but they're being rated by the fantasy community in very different directions. So where do you come down on those guys, and what are your expectations for those two this season? Yeah, um, well, it's interesting. So um, you know, it was Kyler Murray and Drew Locke, right? 
So I was pulling up my rankings. Uh, yeah, so Kyler yeah. Murray, I mean, I love him. And um, I'm, I think I'm probably on the same page as you are on this one, is I love him as a player. He's fun to watch. He's got the rushing ability that you want in a quarterback because that's it's almost like a, a flaw in the scoring for quarterbacks. If they rush for yardage, um, it really jumps them up the rankings quickly. So Kyler Murray has everything I would want. He's a, a number overall, number one overall pick. Um, he is in a you know a high volume offense. Just everything you want is there. But like you said, um, he is pretty much going like at a ceiling right now. Almost. I mean, it's kind of crazy. He had he he struggled down the stretch a little bit last year. I think he had a hamstring injury, and there were some reasons. I mean, his receivers were really subpar. But um, he was you know borderline like you didn't want to start him towards the end of last year. And people are taking him. Uh, anywhere from like QB three to QB five or six this year, um, he's going up there with uh, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and people that we've seen have completely elite seasons. So um, I'm probably not going to get any Kyler Murray. I was drafting him all last year a ton. Uh, he actually got in the way of me getting Lamar Jackson a lot. I liked them both, and uh, I, I thought Kyler was better. So I love him, but um, that's a big thing for fantasy too. Is just what what is his ceiling and where is he going and um you know you can get him and it's going to pay off just fine uh but um, there's just not a lot of margin for error there so um i'm not going to get him a lot love him as a player though i would want i want all the pieces of his offense but uh, i wish he was a little cheaper drew lock um i am i'm not ready to buy in i mean it's just you know he's not he doesn't have that you know number one overall pedigree uh, we haven't seen him do this long. It was just a little stretch last year. Uh, there were some pluses and minuses in that stretch, so it wasn't even like it was all good. And I, I just I kind of wonder. I know Denver went out and got all these weapons on offense, but I wouldn't be surprised if by week three they're uh, they're playing defense, they're running the ball, they're they're playing low scoring games, trying to grind out wins. So I'm not necessarily convinced that he's going to be slinging it all over the yard. He does take deep shots, but. Um, now, I'm not really looking at Locke a ton. I mean, he goes super late um, in some drafts, so uh, you can't go wrong with him necessarily. But uh, no, he's not really on my radar a ton, I'd say. I'm, I'm probably looking at um, – they may be more boring options, but more of the Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, uh, maybe those types. Um, I just – I haven't seen it yet for Locke, and um, it, it just – I don't know. I, I need to see maybe another half season before I buy in. Fair enough. I am – Definitely um, going to be getting some Drew Lock shares because I like what's around him. And so that'll be interesting to see. And, and that's kind of the fun part about fantasy sometimes is that you, you make some educated guesses about what you think is going to happen. And if you're down lower in the draft, you're taking chances. And if a guy hits, then you've got a really valuable player. And if he doesn't, uh, it's not that big of a deal. But when you're higher in the draft, those those picks really count. And if you miss on those picks, that you can lose your draft early. And so one of the things that I think is a good early or a recommendation for early on in your career is try to make sure that you're not taking huge swings early and take some players that you know are in line for a lot of production that you know are the centerpieces of their offense and don't get cute too early. Yeah, and I'll say, I mean, my former co-host, uh, Colin Weatherwax, he loves Drew Locke. Um, last year, Colin was all over Lamar Jackson. Uh, he was all over Matthew Stafford, who was great until he got hurt. Um, he had he had a miss or two here at uh, quarterback as well, but um, he's all over Drew Locke this year. So I, I could definitely be wrong, and it's late enough in the draft where, if it, like I said, it doesn't work out. 
Um, he looks bad after two weeks. You cut him and you pick up Jimmy Garoppolo or something. So, And there's a chance. You know, they're playing with the Chiefs twice a year. They're, they're playing catch-up, uh, getting some shootouts with the Raiders. Who knows? So I, I'm definitely not out on him. I just kind of haven't been ending up with him in my drafts this offseason. And I think maybe the the last thing that I'll say about, like, an early tip for, for fantasy players is – Take guys that you like, either guys that you feel like you're invested in some way because maybe you followed them in college or um, maybe you like them, what you've seen of them as a pro, um, but don't draft the next guy on the list just because he's on some list that you're using and if you don't like that player. And so I will say, and this is a Bears podcast, so I can very freely openly admit this, <laughs> that a few years ago I decided that I was not going to draft any Packers players ever. I'll still take a Viking. I'll still take a Lion from time to time. It doesn't happen that often. But I, every time I took a Packers player, I was rooting against that player to do well. <laughs> Which doesn't really make sense. And then if there'd be, well, some sort of consolation with your fantasy team. And it just, no, it just wasn't working out for me. And so I'm picking from 31 teams. You might say, well, that's stupid, you know, because there's good, good fantasy players on the Packers. I don't care. I know enough about the league that I can pick from 31 teams. And I have more fun with my fantasy teams when they're, I have guys that I'm excited for that I'm excited to cheer for. And so a lot yeah. of times I'm taking players that I like for one reason or another, and it makes that experience much more fun for me. You know, sometimes you just take Travis Kelsey early because you just really like watching Travis Kelsey play or a Gronk a few years ago. Like those, that's a, those are fun tight ends to, to have because they can just kind of take over games or, you know, watching Russell Wilson play is a lot of fun. So maybe you want Russell Wilson as your quarterback. So you're willing to go up a little bit that there's nothing wrong with that. And mm-hmm. so just have some fun with, with what you're doing and, and that's what this is. It's a game. It should be fun. So I yeah. know people say, well, I want to win. That's what's fun. And it's like, okay, but it's better to win with your guys than it is to win off of a randomly generated list. Use those lists yeah. as a guide, not as uh, you know something that's etched in stone. Yeah, and that, I mean, honestly, that's part of the reason I got into um, you know covering fantasy football, writing about it, podcasting is – uh, I wanted to make my own rankings and my own list. I was like, you know, I don't want to, I mean, I shouldn't say this as someone who wants to read my site, but I don't want to go on to ESPN and just, you know, copy their rankings and draft on it. I want to draft the players I want. So I'm totally on board with you. I would say um, be aware of average draft position. That um, doesn't mean you can't draft a guy around before he normally goes or half around. That's fine. It doesn't mean you can't draft, you know, a little early, but don't draft someone five rounds ahead. So. Yeah, I, I use, uh, you said, mentioned ADP. That's average draft position. You can look that up on Fantasy Football Calculator. There may be some other sites that have that as well. And that's a really good guide to get a general feel for how the crowd has been drafting certain players. And so um, I use that as uh, as kind of a guide to kind of expect when a guy might go in a, in a draft. Now, your one individual draft is not going to follow the average of the crowd but it's going to give you an idea so if there's a player that you like then you think he's this great sleeper and he's going in round 12 you might want to take him in round 10 you might want to you know for sure take him in round 11 to make sure that you're getting him and not worry about taking him around or too early in terms of a value standpoint Uh, but you it's a guy that you want to make sure that he's on your team yeah, and I mean, like, you know, if you're a Bears fan, I guarantee you, you know the Bears better than I do, even though I know fantasy football more um, for, you know, anyone who's listening. So if you can, you know, 
if you can be honest with yourself and be realistic about their possibilities, uh, don't shy away from your favorite team. Just, you know, if you have a hunch, go for it. So uh, I'm totally on board with you there. You're going to, the people you watch, whether it's in college or NFL, you're going to have a better read on them. So just be reasonable about where they go and, uh, you know, snap them up whenever you can. But, um, yeah, get your guys. I definitely agree with that. And that, that's cost me sometimes too. I'm just a, such a sucker for getting value and letting guys, you know, fall and, uh, just, you know, I look at the ADP sometimes too much. So I, I'm right there with you. Get your favorite players, get the explosive players that can win you a league, and you'll figure the rest out later. It's a long season. Well, speaking of fun, I wanted to talk about fun new league ideas that I had no idea existed until <laughs> I became part of the QB list community. And a couple of those ideas, I know that you're a little bit more involved with one of them than the other, but um, guillotine leagues and vampire leagues. What can you tell us about those? Yeah, so um, I hope sorry if you all heard that, but I literally was on the clock for a guillotine league that the uh, QB list staffs do, and we're doing it in the Discord channel. So guillotine league is really cool. There's a few different ways you can do it. Uh, we have a, actually an article on the site by Miles Nelson. Uh, he wrote up how to kind of build your own. There's also a site that does them, but um, the idea is that the lowest scoring team each week is eliminated. Um, you, you don't play heads up against anyone. It's just uh, you, you put your lineup out there and whoever gets the least points loses. Um, we are doing this one with 17 teams, I believe. So there's 17 weeks. First week, someone's out. It's down to 16 teams. Their players hit waivers and you bid on them, you know, kind of a free agent bidding system. You have $100 or whatever to spend. Um, so it's pretty wild. I mean, week one, if, you know, the Christian McCaffrey team, if he, if he has a bad week, um, he may be on waivers week two. That team's eliminated and everyone else fights over for who's left. So it's really wild. Um, I did not participate last year. I was in so many different leagues. I was like, I, I can't take on another league. You know, this is crazy. And um, I watched them all year in the Discord channel. Just, I mean, it was just excruciating. Every Monday night, there'd be like four teams with a chance of being eliminated. And they're all just agonizing over every catch on Monday night. And I was like, man, I got to get in on this. This, is, uh, <laughs> this looks like a lot of fun. It's probably going to be stressful. But uh, it kind of makes you rethink how you draft. I mean, I, I, I just got done telling you I never draft quarterbacks early. And um, uh, 17-team league, I think I drafted eight. It came back to me in the second round, and uh, I took Lamar Jackson. I was like, if I got one week where I don't want to score the least amount of points, I'm pretty confident Lamar's going to give me, you know, 25 points most weeks. So uh, I'm just going to take, you know, I took Michael Thomas first round and Lamar Jackson second, and I, I think that's going to be a lot of safe points. So it kind of makes you rethink things, and obviously towards the end of the year, it's going to be down to two, three teams, but. Uh, there's there's people hitting waivers all season that you're picking up so it's pretty crazy you got to decide if you want to spend all your waiver money right away or if you want to save some for players that open up later so it looks like a ton of fun um, I'm definitely getting in that one this year um, I am not honestly as familiar with vampire leagues um, I believe I mean you can correct me if I'm wrong but um, I think you can steal players from other teams is that right so I think the idea is that let's say you have a 12 team league and you name like randomly draw to find out who is going to be the one vampire that is going to be in the league and then you have a draft oh, that's and right. all 11 other players that aren't vampires they go through a normal draft and then they are not allowed to use waivers uh free agency for the entire year so the team that they draft is the team that they have and then the vampire is able to take any of the rest of the free agent players on, on, so they don't have to compete on waivers or anything. They get anybody that they want. 
And then if they win during a week, they're able to take one of the players from that team that they just beat. And so they're yeah, drawing yeah. the blood of the of the team that they just beat. <laughs> and so I find this fascinating. But here so I've I want to talk about guillotine too, but here's my thinking on vampire leagues is that I would love it if there was a site that created a vampire league versus computers. Okay. Okay. Because why would you really want to be in a league where you can't make any moves if you're <laughs> a non-vampire? And so to me, this is like a this is a you know a verse CPU kind of league, and mm-hmm. and so there should be some sort of and and I certainly would not want to like manually operate this against eleven <laughs> computers all year, but like yeah. have this be some site that kind of generates this draft where you know they they draft eleven teams for you and then you become the vampire. And then it's your like personal challenge against this league to try to craft the best team and and win the championship. So I think that someone out there should create a, a, a computer-driven vampire yeah. league because I would totally join so that I could be the vampire. For sure. No, that, I mean, that sounds awesome. And, uh, you know, I think probably the downside of the guillotine league is if you have 12, uh, 12 um, friends or 11 other friends you really like, you hate to see one of them get eliminated week one. So uh, maybe we could uh, kind of combine these concepts and maybe uh, have some computers in the guillotine league too. I don't know. But well, yeah, so that sounds like a lot of fun. my idea for guillotine, Eric, okay. is that you if you have a 12-team league and you want to kind of have this fun side league as you yep. start this guillotine league. Yeah. And what you do is you use cumulative scoring – and then you don't eliminate the first player until after week four. Mm-hmm. And that way you're not doing like one bad week to start off and you're out. Because that seems like that kind of stinks. Yeah. And then you, if, you're having a, if you have a good team, you're able to benefit from accumulating a lot of points. And you might have one bad week, but that doesn't drop you below the axe. And so it's, uh, it's a little bit more of an idea of having a guillotine league that has, a, has the first month as cumulative, and then you start to eliminate people to, to have that guillotine league effect um, as, as, you, as you continue throughout the year, and then that kicks in the waivers and everything. So yeah. I, I think that's how I would run a guillotine league. Yeah, and that's may, that may have been how they did it last year because they didn't have a full 17 last year. And then oh, okay. We all watched them do it, and uh, now it's a full league. So um, I'll have to check in with Miles. I, I don't know if they front-loaded it or back-loaded it. Um, I know there are a lot of like tournaments out there where – uh, you, it's almost the reverse. The last few weeks, if you're playing a, kind of a massive tournament field, um, you kind of combine the last three weeks to make sure you get a big winner. So um, it's kind of the opposite of that. I like it, though. That'd be fun. Um, get some weeks to kind of average it out and uh, maybe catch up with some bad breaks that you get. Because, yeah, that week one is going to be stressful. I feel like I'm drafting just to not lose week one right now. Yeah, you're drafting. You're, you're just trying to play week to week, just trying to survive. And you know, it's kind of like uh, you're trying to hope you know kick the guy in the ankle next to you so that you can outrun the bear for one week. Yeah. Uh, make sure yeah. you're not the slowest of your friends. Um, all right. Well, let Eric. We're, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to pause and let somebody else pay for the beers, and then we're going to come right back and we're going to talk about Bears players and where you need to find them in your fantasy draft if you want them on your team. All right, Eric, we're back. So I want to talk about your opinion of what you think of this Bears offense. And so one of the things that I think disappointed a lot of people, particularly if you're a Bears fan, was the performance of this offense last year. It was pretty bad. Uh, The one bright spot was Allen Robinson. He produced, despite not having consistent quarterback play, 
Uh, David Montgomery was a bit of a disappointment. Uh, Tariq Cohen kind of took a step back from a fantasy production standpoint, but um, still had a lot of targets and had a lot of catches, and hopefully he can get some of those matchups. Bears invested in new tight ends, so Jimmy Graham, who hasn't put a lot of good football on the field lately, uh, but he's healthy and looking good in camp. And you have rookie Cole Komet, again, rookie tight ends, not normally known as producers, uh, and so you usually want to stay away from rookie tight ends in fantasy, but he's certainly someone that the Bears are hopefully hoping to feature early and often. And then there's other wide receivers that you know have shown some value in flashes. Uh, Anthony Miller is uh, you know the tops amongst those those guys. Cordell Patterson, I think, is going to get some increased touches. I don't think he's probably fantasy relevant unless you're in a very big league. But that's kind of the landscape. Uh, we don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. I think there's a lot of people that are shying away from Bears players because of that and not knowing what this offense is going to look like under Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, you know, is he going to be as bad as he was in 2019? Or, you know, can Nick Foles look like uh, you know, a, a relevant player and keep Allen Robinson above water, you know, so there's, so there's a lot of questions, but I want to ask you just kind of, that's kind of my summary from yeah. a insider view of what the bears offense looks like from a fan, fantasy perspective, but what is it that you see in the fantasy community sees? Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to avoid the quarterback position. I think that's where it all starts. Um, and I think the community is kind of waiting to see, Outside of Allen Robinson, um, they're waiting to see who's going to be the quarterback and if anyone can kind of step up and take hold here, uh, which doesn't sound like reports have been very encouraging so far. Um, I, the community has finally caught up to Allen Robinson, I would say. Uh, he is going kind of like wide receiver 10 range, um, 30 overall, it looks like what I'm looking at right now. Uh, there was some skepticism last year, and he obviously blew that away. So um, we're all in on Allen Robinson. Um, you kind of have to go get them in your drafts because people are jumping up and grabbing them. So um, I love Allen Robinson. Uh, he's shown time and time again, it doesn't matter who his quarterback is, he's going to put up a season. So uh, as long as they, for some reason, don't don't want to feed him targets, which I can't imagine, uh, he's going to have a great year. Uh, Nick Foles seems like he would be great throwing to Allen Robinson. So I, I think we can get him out of the way pretty quickly. Um, I, I think uh, everyone likes him. Uh, the quarterback position, though, I don't know. When they signed Foles, uh, my problem is just kind of, I mean, he's been in the league a long time and he does, he has not played very many full seasons. So um, as soon as they signed him, you know, whether it's uh, performance or it's an injury or what, but I'm kind of just thinking, well, we're still going to see Trubisky one way or another. I don't know if it's going to be two games, 10 games, 16 games, but uh, Foles, you know, made it through what, half a week last season in week one and <laughs> right. uh, broke his collarbone. Um, he was looking good in that game, but um, so I don't know. I, I don't think you can count on Foles to be out there 16 weeks. I th he's a step up from Trubisky, I would imagine. Uh, he's definitely got, you know, obviously the proven track record of winning. But um, I, I think Foles would be more likely to take some shots and, you know, uh, maybe take some shots in the pocket too. Uh, my big thing, I'm sure you all talk about it all the time. I'm, I think we've probably talked about it. But um, I think if you're going to go with Trubisky, I don't know if it's been some injuries he's had or what, but you just got to let him run more. And I, maybe this is just a, a stupid point. Maybe you all have the answer to this. I'm not positive. But um, it sure seemed to me like when he was out there running, uh, it helped at least just be a little more confusing for the opposing defense. So um, I, I, I could get into some other players. I mean, I definitely will. Um, I just want to give you a chance maybe to respond to some of that. But um, there is a player that I like that we'll get to in a minute. Well, I think that if 
you know, if it is Mitchell Trubisky who wins the job out of camp, it, um, it'll surprise me a little bit just because of what they did to get to bring in Nick Foles. Yeah. Uh, that seemed to me like something that you did that you really thought that he was going to win that job. But, you know, if he's not performing and, and Trubisky has kind of reverted to what we thought he was going to be, <laughs> you know, after 2018 and 2019, which yeah. was a guy that looked like he was at least on an upward trajectory and could improve on some things. You know, I think that you're right. He needs to run. I think he's probably started to be a little gun shy because he got hurt a couple of times on some awkward slides. Yeah. And so I think that he really cut that out of his game. You know, we've heard some things about some mechanics um, to try to work on some of his long ball accuracy, which has been pretty horrid uh, since he's been in the league. And we, you know, there was some report, I can't remember the exact details, but basically that he had overdeveloped some shoulder muscles and underdeveloped some others. So he was kind of, he wasn't balanced. And so that was creating accuracy issues down the field. That was at least the story. And I, you know, I don't know the, uh, you know, the specifics off the top of my head, but you know, so you're, you're kind of buying into this idea that not only is there, you know, th- there's a need for him to mentally get back to form, to, to feel confident, to run, to not be afraid to get injured again. Uh, there needs to be some mechanical fixes. Uh, you know, maybe the muscular structure thing is a, is a real thing and, and that, that could be his accuracy could be fixed because he has to be able to keep that defense honest because everybody's sitting on these underneath routes. Yeah. And then the, you have to uh, just hope that he takes that next step in understanding how to read defenses and go to his secondary receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not something he's shown the ability to do consistently. And that a quarterback has to be able to do that. You can only kind of flash so long before defenses are going to take away what you've shown that you're good at. And then you have to be able to kind of take that next step and, and, and be good at more than just like one or two things. And yep. so far that's not what he's shown. And, and so I would be, I'm worried as a bears fan if they trot him back out there, because there are multiple things that you would like to see him get cleaned up to be a successful quarterback in this league. Right. Uh, but on the other hand, Nick Foles is not someone who excites me at all. I was not very happy when they made that move. Yeah. Um, from a fantasy perspective, I think that he can provide some value to Allen Robinson and to some of the players, but he's not going to be necessarily all that interesting unless you're in a 12-team, two-quarterback league or something like that where you kind of have to roster all of the quarterbacks, and at least, if nothing else, um, he's interesting in bye weeks. And so... Um, I just I feel pretty down about Bears quarterbacks from a fantasy perspective this year. It hasn't dampered my expectations for Allen Robinson, and I still like Tariq Cohen um, it just as a, as a player because I think that Nagy's going to do a better job of getting him better matchups this year. He just did not get those in 2019 that he was getting in 2018, and I think Nagy's going to get that figured out. So that's kind of where I'm at on those guys. But you said you liked a guy, and I kind of want to know who this is. Well, um, and maybe this is more of a dynasty perspective. And I mean, again, there's a health issue, but I really like Anthony Miller. I just, I think he's a good player. Um, I had a, a dynasty draft a couple years ago. I took DJ Moore. I think I was picking eight or 10 in the first round. Um, and I, I liked Anthony Miller just as much as DJ Moore almost. I just, I thought they were both great players. I went with DJ Moore and then Anthony Miller made it back to me in the second round. And I was just, I couldn't have made the draft pick any quicker. Uh, when I watched him in college, he just looked like just one of those, I mean, he just looked like he had an attitude. He looked like he belonged, you know, he just, 
Uh, I mean, there's things on the field that he does too, but I just, I really like Anthony Miller. And I think if they can get a competent passing attack that uh, opens up some looks other than, you know, short passes to Tariq Cohen and obviously Allen Robinson, you know, down the field. But uh, I really think he could have a good year. Now, I don't know it's this year, and I don't know if I'm running out to get him in just a regular, you know, single-season draft. But um, I think if you're in a dynasty league, I'd take shots on him. Now, I, I worry that, you know, he separated his shoulder a bunch, um, and, you know, that can kind of be a lingering issue. But uh, I really like him. Um, as far as Tariq Cohen, I mean, yeah, you're right. He – I mean, he in 2018, he averaged 10 yards per reception, and I, there was a lot of big plays that he busted out. Um, it's been more like 6.7 and 5.8 the other two years. So um, I don't know if that was just a complete fluke year, uh, but he needs to get, he, he's just getting too you know, short range of targets. They need to get him in space, get him, I don't know if it's down the field or just more creative to open him up. But um, I've got kind of him in the running back 35 range. Um, you know, it's not the exciting territory, but he's the kind of player that if you, uh, cause early on in fantasy drafts, people are drafting every running back they can possibly get this year. Um, if you're in the first two rounds, it's going to be like 90% running backs this year. It's wild. Um, even Michael Thomas, I've seen him fall to like ninth, 10th overall in leagues. Um, everyone's afraid of running backs drying up and missing out on them. So if you decide early on, you're like, Hey, Michael Thomas shouldn't be here. Pick eight. I'm going to take him. And then it comes back to you and it's like, hey, Tyreek Hill shouldn't be here. I'm going to take him. And you miss out on all the running backs. That's when you start looking for the, the James White, Tariq Cohen types. And I think he's a good pick then. Um, but I've got him about 35. Um, I don't have, uh, let's see, I've got David Montgomery just a, well, a decent amount higher, about running back 27. Um, so I think there's some value there in the running backs just because they're going later. So I don't mind taking them, but from a long-term perspective, I just, I really like Anthony Miller. I want to see him get a chance to take on a full load and and maybe it's just an injury thing and it doesn't happen. But, um, I think there's a lot of upside there for him. Yeah. We're big Anthony Miller fans here. I talked to him. Uh, he was at a rookie symposium and kind of schlepping for some for a cart for panini cart company <laughs> and so i got like 15 minutes with him and and uh you know really uh you know generous guy with his time and really appreciated talking to him and yeah definitely rooting for him here on this podcast and and uh, excited to see if he can stay healthy and you know accumulate soak up enough targets to be yeah relevant not only in fantasy but but on the field to, to help win some games as well so glad that you like him also yeah uh, just kind of moving on to league-wide stuff. I think, you know, a guy like you who makes your own rankings, and then I'm sure that you look at, like, well, what, even just on the QB list with other, other uh, you know, analysts, like, well, where am I in relationship to the crowd on this specific player? Am I really, like, kind of statistically higher than, than the crowd has this player ranked or statistically lower. So I kind of want to pick out some guys that you might like just really like more than the crowd and, and give you an opportunity to kind of sell me on why you like those players. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, everyone knows this is going to be a weird off season. Uh, well, it is already a weird off season. We're getting reduced training camps and little to no preseason. Um, and a lot of people are afraid of all the rookies this year, and I am not on that boat, especially when it comes to the rookie running backs. Um, I just think it's a position. I mean, it's, it's a young man's position. We see uh, Todd Gurley is, I think, 26 years old, and we all think he's washed up. Um, I would much rather take a shot on these rookie running backs than draft an aging running back. So um, I'm, I, I, I don't think I'm higher anymore on Jonathan Taylor. I started out way higher than others on Jonathan Taylor. It seems like everyone's caught up. Uh, the Colts rookie running back 
Um, he's just an athletic freak. He's kind of kind of like a, a poor man Saquon Barkley, not not the pass catcher, um, but you know he's explosive. Uh, so I was I was way up on him with that great offensive line in Indianapolis. Um, they've kind of caught up to him. Uh, caught up to me on him, but um, I I love Cam Akers. Uh, he's kind of universally renowned at this point, but uh, I think the biggest difference for me is J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. Everyone's afraid that he's not going to get the work, uh, that, um, you know, he's splitting work with Mark Ingram. I get it. Like, it, it's it's not a guarantee that he's going to walk in week one and get 25 carries in Baltimore, um, but he, I mean, and we all saw what he did in Ohio State, supremely talented, He's a good breakaway runner, which could really work with Lamar Jackson distracting people. Um, and he's going later in drafts. I mean, you can get him in like the you know seventh or eighth round sometimes. And I don't exactly know how it works, but I feel like as soon as he's on the field, they do some kind of you know read option with Lamar, and he busts a fifty-yard touchdown. Uh, he's going to see some more snaps after that. So I'm drafting AJ uh, J.K. Dobbins in just about every league. And you can get him as like your third running back. So if he doesn't pan out, that's fine. You've got two running backs ahead of him. So um, he's one that I'm just drafting like crazy. I, everyone picks on the reasons why it's not going to work. But uh, he was, you know, he could have been RB1 in this draft class. He didn't do drills at the combine. I think that kind of cooled some people off on him. But um, I'm all over Dobbins. I just, I mean, Maybe, maybe Lamar Jackson runs a little less this year. They run more with the running backs, and it just becomes clear that he's got fresher legs than Mark Ingram. So, um, I mean, there's plenty more we can talk about, but um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on those three rookies there. But I just, I just I think there's a ton of upside, and I'd rather take them than just kind of one of these veteran running backs that we know what they are, and they're going to get you, you know, 10 points every week. Well, and you didn't even mention the Chiefs rookie running back. Yes. Well, the the hype is real on uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So once Damian Williams opted out for the Chiefs, who was sure. their starter last year, uh, Edwards-Hilaire is going way into the first round now. So um, I've seen him go six or seven in some drafts. So I like him for sure. He's getting up to the price now where, uh, kind of like Kyler Murray, he, he really has to produce for you to pay off. But, I mean, it's there, you, I can't argue with anyone who wants to tie themselves to Patrick Mahomes. So. So running back is the easiest position for a rookie to step in and produce because they're, as long as they're able to pick up pass protection schemes, which for some offenses is harder than others, yeah. um, but in general, you know, it, there's not a big barrier to get a rookie onto the field uh, in the running back unless you have kind of an old school coach who just doesn't like to do that. I, I'm kind of thinking like Bruce Arians really held David Johnson mm-hmm. back for a while. Yep. And then he kind of let him go. You know, you'll see that from time to time. But a lot of a lot of rookies, rookie running backs, are able to make an impact early. And I actually had, and so I, I'm I'm with you. Like, you know, draft the rookie running backs. Who cares about not having preseason or camp? Like, they've been running the ball their whole life. That's what they do. There's not a lot to pick up. Even yep. if it takes a couple of weeks for them to get going, they're going to get going, and they're going to yep. be relevant this year. So don't be afraid to to host a stable of rookie running backs <laughs> in the background. And if nothing else, they will be good trade chips for you. Yeah. Um, but on the wide receivers kind of have, you know, sometimes we're spoiled. And I guess maybe with all the seven on seven and, and, you know, more wide open offenses in, in college, you actually are seeing a little bit more productivity from rookie wide receivers. But traditionally in fantasy, I've always kind of liked to look back and f- see if I can find a second year wide receiver who maybe didn't see a lot of targets, but you know was basically just kind of learning the offense, and maybe they have stepped into a role with you know now they're the starter or now they're now they're wide receiver one or something like that. Is there anybody 
that you're kind of looking at that maybe flew under the radar last year as a rookie wide receiver who's kind of coming in that you're pretty interested in? Well, this is one, if uh, if your listeners listen to a lot of fantasy podcasts, I may not be breaking new ground here, but uh, there are some tape gurus that just absolutely love Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I, I think there's a little skepticism around Juju, not that he's not a Juju Smith-Schuster, not that he's not a good player, but uh, there's some people that are so high on Deontay Johnson. Uh, he, he played last year with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, which was about the biggest test that a rookie receiver could have. And he, he had his moments. He looked really good. Um, he just gets open. Um, I actually I had John Hansen on, who's been doing fantasy football forever. I, I couldn't believe he wanted to come on my podcast. But, uh, he, I mean, he was just raving about Deontay, Deontay Johnson. Um, he talks with Greg Cosell a lot. Greg Cosell's on board. So uh, that would be one that I would look at. Uh, but there's, uh, he's just, it's a matter of, can Roethlisberger stay healthy this year? That's, that's sure. the big thing. And does he, you know, did his elbow injury sap his, you know, downfield passing or whatever, but, uh, there's a huge opportunity there. Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, what Roethlisberger was thrown as much as anyone, uh, as recently as two years ago. So there's plenty to go around, even if Juju's good. So, um, he's one of the second year players. I think you probably could have made the case for Debo Samuel, uh, but, uh, the injury, uh, I think it's, uh, Jones fracture in his foot. Um, that's kind yeah. of a downer. I would be a little worried that he misses a couple weeks. They ease him back. Um, Marquise Brown's really, really interesting in Baltimore. I don't know if he's going to get the volume that we necessarily need, but we've seen that he can just break big plays downfield. And supposedly he was pretty hurt last year. So um, if he can stay healthy this year, he may even be better. And if teams figure out Lamar a little bit, uh, maybe he's got to go downfield more. So uh, as, as far as the, the second-year receivers, those are the big ones. I mean, I think everyone loves Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's going pretty early. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think for farther down, Deontay Johnson's an interesting one, and he's one that I've come around on. At first I was kind of like, no, it's it's Juju Smith-Schuster's you know, receiving core here. But the more I've looked into it, um, I think he's got a real chance this year. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I, I think that that's, that's an interesting spot. A.J. Brown might be the other big name, yeah, but he's probably appropriately priced at this point. Yeah, yeah. I love him too. So, um, I, And then I just want to flip it around and kind of give you an opportunity to tell us the guys that you're staying away from. Who are you lower on than what you're seeing in the industry, and, and why is that? Yeah, Um I mean, this is kind of, I think this is fairly common in the industry, but I think when people get into their home leagues, it's going to be different. Um, like I said, everyone is running out to get running backs early on. I think it's about top 14, I'd say, is a pretty clear tier. You get down to like Austin Eckler. Um, after him, you, uh, so everyone's trying to get one or two of them, basically. So uh, if I start out a draft, I want to get one of the top 14 running backs, two if I can, and then I want to just skip them for a while and just draft nothing but receivers. There's a ton of good receivers that fall into the third, fourth, fifth rounds. Uh, and part of the reason is I just don't like this group of running backs after the elite running backs. Um, it's the Leonard Fournette types. It's the Todd Gurley types, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, um, these are just players that have some red flags, I think. Um, Leonard Fournette, I mean, he had a monster year last year, but he got 100 targets last year kind of out of nowhere, and he, he turned 100 targets into 522 receiving yards. So I'm not sure that they're going to give him 100 targets again. Um, it's going to be a bad team. Uh, they don't seem to like each other. Fournette and Jacksonville's always arguing. Uh, we were kind of worried he was going to get cut for a while. I don't think that's going to happen now, but um, I'm kind of avoiding him. Uh, Todd Gurley going to Atlanta, I just, 
Uh, they stopped throwing him the ball last year in um, Los Angeles. If you're in a PPR league, uh, that was a killer. Uh, but he was still good because he scored a whole bunch of touchdowns. And I just don't know. In Atlanta, I think they're a passing offense. I think they're going to lean on Julio and Ridley. And I just don't see – I don't see Gurley – maybe he scores 12 touchdowns again and it's fine. But um, he was down below four yards of carry last year. Uh, he had, I think he had 800-some yards. And uh, receiving work really went away. So I just – I think if Gurley does not just kind of get fed goal line carries – uh, he's going to disappoint. Le'Veon Bell, it's kind of similar to Fournette. I mean, he just – I don't think he likes Adam Gase. I don't think Adam Gase likes him. Uh, I don't love that. They brought in Frank Gore, which is always a nuisance in fantasy football. That's like the worst <laughs> the worst thing you can possibly hear is that Frank Gore has been added to a team. So um, it's just – it's kind of that's that – I mean, it's not the second tier, but that second uh, – once the cliff hits, that second group of running backs, I'm just skipping them. And then I'm coming back later and taking, like I said, Cam Akers – uh, J.K. Dobbins, um, you know, maybe I'm taking a uh, – I mean, there's, there's a bunch of options later on, but um, I, I just – I don't want those high-priced veterans that kind of seem like they're on the downslope of their careers because if you don't get out early on the running backs, you get a pretty big dud of a year. So um, those are the running backs. Receivers tough because there's just a ton of talented young receivers in the league right now. Uh, I've been really out on A.J. Green um, as a Bengals fan. It's just – it's been a year and a half since we've seen much out of him. Uh, we heard people talking about how healthy or how he was finally healthy this offseason, but uh, my response was that he hadn't played a game yet. So, of course, he's healthy, and he's already come up with something in camp, so um, I'm not sure if that's going to affect him much. But uh, I, I, I'm avoiding A.J. Green. Uh, but there's a lot of receivers that I'm just kind of um, – I'll just, I'll just take the one that falls the farthest a lot of times because there's just so much talent at the receiver position in this league. Yeah, absolutely. I had a question about the running back position. Yeah. Um, why do people hate Devin Singletary so much? Well, um, that's an interesting one. It's there's a couple parts to it. So I think for one, he's five foot seven. Um, he so Josh Allen stole a whole bunch of goal line carries from him last year. Uh, like crazy. I mean, Josh Allen, I think, had like nine touchdowns or something in close. Uh, maybe that doesn't happen again. But uh, they were they were giving Frank Gore goal line carries in front of him. And then they drafted Zach Moss, who I didn't love as a prospect out of Utah. But he profiles kind of as a Frank Gore type. So we're kind of thinking that uh, at least a late, late stage Frank Gore, he was pretty explosive early on. But uh, I don't know. We're kind of worried that Zach Moss takes that goal line role again. He kind of gets the bulk carry role and from Singletary, you know, I, I wrote in my um, my running back rankings that if he was in an offense, you know, like New Orleans or something or a, a bigger passing offense, then great. Um, I think he could get a lot of passes, but I just don't see the passing volume in Buffalo. So what happens if Zach Moss gets 60% of the carries instead of um, Singletary, you know, or maybe Singletary gets 60, but just doesn't score a lot of touchdowns so I think it's the touchdown worries and maybe he doesn't quite quite catch enough passes to overcome that because I think he only scored uh two or three last year I believe and obviously he could regress I mean that happens a lot with touchdowns if you get enough touches you're gonna score some but uh yeah four touchdowns last year on 180 targets so that's the worry with Singletary you just you don't get those touchdowns Zach Moss eats into his work and it's just kind of not real exciting maybe RB3 something like that I think he's a bargain. So that's my one yeah. thing that I'll kind of give out there is I think that's a guy that you can get a little later that I think that, you know, he's a guy that's got a potential to easily finish as a RB2. There's, uh, there's, I think there's enough there at Buffalo for him to get some points. 
Yeah, and I mean, I would like I said, I would much rather take a shot on him than uh, Le'Veon Bell a couple rounds earlier, I guess is what I'm saying. So uh, just avoid that second range for me, and uh, I'm happy with it for the most part. Awesome. Well, I think I could probably talk to you for another hour or two, but I know you've been <laughs> running around crazy all week. And so uh, I think now we'll just kind of end it there and give you an opportunity to give any final thoughts and plug that report one more time that's sitting out there. Cool. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, the uh, the fantasy draft guide it's free you can find it on qblist.com we're at the qb list on twitter i'm at eric smith qbl that's the r-i-k uh we just we you know we kind of with the uncertainty of the season we kind of held back a little bit uh we kind of went for a big push right here with the relaunch of the site and now we're pretty much full bore uh we know people have been distracted this off season and uh, rightfully so i mean i i usually follow a lot of baseball and i've been pretty distracted so um, this is kind of our push. Uh, check out the site. We're trying to catch people up for what you missed. We've got team previews for every team, like I said. Uh, we got Fantasy 101. We've got our rankings. Um, but we, we try to keep things, you know, easily digestible, uh, to the point. Come in, catch up on the offseason. And, uh, I mean, drafts are just around the corner. So uh, we all need to get, to get cramming here pretty soon because um, I know my big home league draft is uh, Labor Day weekend. That's just around the corner. So, um, yeah, just, just check us out. Um, if you ever do want to support the site, maybe you already listened to us or you really like what you see. Um, we are, um, like I said, a sister site to Pitcher List. Uh, you can join PL Plus. Um, nothing's behind a paywall, but if you support us through PL Plus, you get to be in the Discord server. Um, you get to talk to the staff of QB List and Pitcher List around the clock. We do lots of fun stuff. We do you know trivia. We live stream old games. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's a really good, like welcoming community. So um, if you're ever looking to support us, check that out. But uh, we'd just be happy if you checked out the, the fancy new site we have because we had uh, some people behind the scenes just put in a ton of work. So I'm really thankful for everything they did. Yeah, I think just to kind of reiterate your point and give you another selling point is that it, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you, you know, you, you follow Yahoo Fantasy Sports or ESPN, you know, there's a lot of really good fantasy analysts out there. There's a lot that, you know, probably are a little bit t- too vanilla for my taking. But <laughs> it's not like uh, Matthew Barry is going to respond to my personal inquiry of what I should do on a trade offer or, you know, start sit for the week. But if I reach out to you know someone on the on the QB list staff or like I do with my fantasy baseball league all the time, yeah. I ask questions of the pitcher league uh, pitcher list staff, and they get back to me and they and they give me advice and and it's very useful and helpful. And so I think that it's a really good site to kind of you know bookmark on your on your web browser or you know put it put it in your phone because um, it is something that will be useful for you and and you know watch these guys on Twitter because. You know, you never know. It's eleven o'clock in the morning, and you need you need some last minute advice. Uh, these are the guys to go to. And Eric is a, is is on Twitter. He can be found at Eric Smith QBL. Um, and so I'll, I'll try to post that in the story. But uh, definitely, um, definitely, guys to to look into to help you win a fantasy championship. But uh, before we get out of here, I got to ask you about the beer. How did it work out for you? Oh, it's great. I'm just wrapping it up, um, thinking about maybe going to another. Um, you know, I mean, I get it. IPAs uh, towards the end, you know, they get a little uh, thick, I guess I would say. So uh, maybe I need another summer beer next time. I, I got the fan off in here. It's getting a little hot. Maybe I need a, a Pilsner or something coming up. I will tell you my IPA rant off air. 
um, <laughs> I won't subject our listeners to that. Uh, this is actually pretty good. I think that it's been in the fridge uh, maybe a little too long, but it had one of those little <laughs> canisters in it, and um, it, uh, it it was it was very much uh, desserty. It was very easy to drink. You know, an oatmeal milk stout is very easy to drink. Got a little uh, vanilla flavor in it, and so I'm yeah, that was great. I'm in. Um, it was yeah. something I would drink again, and uh, it was a mixed sixer on a road trip that I brought back, and so I only had the one. But if I ever see it again, I, I would pick more up. So if you yeah. see Brewdog Jet Black Heart um, and you like the the oatmeal stouts, uh, pick some up because it's pretty good. Yeah, and Bougian Brewing is great. And I don't think they're real wide, but even if you don't like IPAs, uh, they've got a lot of good stuff. I, I, my defense, I was brainwashed very early. I've been drinking IPAs for quite a while, so it's an, it's an acquired taste, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. So, yeah. All right, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you, again, want to uh, follow Eric on Twitter, it's at EricSmithQBL. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at GridironBorn. My co-host, EJ Snyder, is at the Draftsman FB. Of course, follow all of our work on WindyCityGridiron.com. And you can always talk to us about the Bears and anything else that you really want to talk about, beers, whatever, on Twitter. We're usually pretty responsive and quick on that. So thanks for listening. And as always, Bear Down.